This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Hey everyone. Welcome to Hope and Health. We hope you're having a good day. I'm Dr. Michelle. I'm Dr. Mark. And we sure do enjoy spreading hope, health, and freedom to the world. Yeah, and to that end, we've got our brand new rebranding of our television show, Hope and Health, which will become furthermore hope, health, and freedom. And we'll be talking more and more about that as the days go by. But um, suffice it to say, it's going to have a lot more bells and whistles. That's why we're not in our studio right now, uh, but we will be next. And so just know that it will be consistent with physical, emotional, spiritual, education, as well as financial, and guess what? Governmental. So we had the sort of a five-pronged approach to getting us well and healthy. We're talking about a lot of cool things, yeah. then, right? That's a lot of pillars. Pillars to wellness. A lot of neat stuff. So this series called the Life Series will be continued. We'll keep you posted on where it will be able to be viewed. For those of you that are following this thing, rest assured. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to continue to keep it going. So just know that it's not going anywhere. We're going to continue it. Just know that our main show will be furthermore, and then we'll still have the life series as an opportunity to view going on in our other platforms as well. But we'll keep you posted, uh, apprised of all that. A lot of moving parts. We still haven't got it quite all lined out, but just know that uh, next time you see us, we'll most likely be in our brand new set our brand new title and our brand new show called Furthermore. So we're really excited about that. So we've been uh, really this on this journey for several weeks now. How many weeks have been at this? Oh, it's been it's been a lot. Even a month and a half at this point. Yeah, at least. And so we were starting off at the cell, which is the smallest living organism, and the we're trying smallest living unit of there you go. And it has what three parts again? Where the genetic material resides. Then it's got this stuff called goo or glue, glue, the cytoplasm, where all the organelles, including the mitochondria, are located. And then it's got a cell membrane, which actually protects the cell from its environment. And it's also how the cell communicates with its surroundings. We're with the parts of all the organelles within the cytoplasm of the cell as well. And the cell, as you remember, forms tissues. We're going all through all kinds of tissues. And we've been here for the last couple of weeks on this idea of muscle tissue. And we had talked about uh, skeletal muscle tissue. And then we talked about uh, this, this idea of smooth muscle tissue. And we're picking up tonight with the idea of Cardiac, cardiac tissue. So really big deal. And then finally, we get down the tissues, which we've got like cardiac tissue left. And then we'll go to nervous tissues, right? That's really cool. And then we'll get into the um, the organs and then we'll go to the organ systems and we'll sort of complete our puzzle. It's going to be several weeks though, right? It's going to take a little bit. Yeah. You know? uh, and neither was a human body. Unfortunately, we're almost down in a day. It took nine months to build a human body. Yeah, it did. It's taken a lot of us... Um, effort to put this together. So I hope you're enjoying our, what we call, we're calling the life series. So let me go ahead and get into the cardiac tissue right now. I'm going to go ahead and uh, we're in, in a different mode now. So I'm going to share my screen with you right now, and you're going to see the introduction of this idea of cardiac tissue. And so let's go ahead and give them a brief rundown of cardiac tissue, sweetheart, and what this really, really is about. So take a look at that muscle right there. The cardiac muscle tissue is one of the treatments 
three types of muscle in your body. The other two types are skeletal muscle and smooth muscle tissue, which we talked about in the last couple of weeks. Cardiac muscle tissue is only found in your heart, which sits in the center of your chest, and it performs coordinated contractions that allow your heart to pump blood through your circulatory system. It's like your highways from the heart to the periphery, uh, your fingers and your toes, which supply blood, oxygen, and nutrients to your tissues. So cardiac muscle tissue keeps on working, pumping blood through an involuntary type of movement. And this is one of the features that differentiates it from skeletal muscle tissue, which you actually control with conscious thought. So it does this through specialized cells called pacemaker cells. Yes, that's right. You have a pacemaker in your heart and these control the contractions of that heart muscle. So think about that in this way. The skeletal muscle, you have to think about and initiate the movement yourself. Cardiac muscle, it actually does it itself. Isn't that kind of cool? So we talk about cardiac muscle. There's, there's some things that are really unique about the cardiac muscle that I want you to catch. And here, here we go. When you look here, number one on the slide is called the sinoatrial node. That's actually the pacemaker. So when somebody gets a pacemaker put in their body, their own human pacemaker no longer functions appropriately. Well, that sinoatrial node or that pacemaker then sends an impulse through what's called an internodal pathway to the AV node. Now that node is going to then depolarize or send an impulse through that septum there, that muscular septum there that you see right in the center of the heart. And it's going to go all the way down through that septum and it's going to allow for depolarization of the ventricles. The end product of that is called contraction. That's the contraction of the heart, which pumps blood out to your tissues. That is a lot of movement in the heart. So that's very unique about the heart. And think about this for a second. When you when you look at this, I find it I find it amazing because the cardiac muscle has so many different parts to it, and yet um, we we don't even pay attention to all these movements that are going on right here. So think about this inside of us right now. All this stuff is happening. Your pacemaker cells are keeping your heart pumping without you even being aware of it, and they do this in a way. Now, how, how is that even possible, really, without God's intervention? Is uh, you've heard the story of the amoeba becoming a cell, becoming a fish, becoming an ape, becoming a man. It's a, a lot of leaps of faith with that, to say the least. But the bottom line is this this is truly remarkable uh, system of muscles that are differentiated from the skeletal smooth and the cardiac muscle. And the cardiac muscle works by itself. So just fascinating. So when we think about this idea of cardiac muscle, you got to think about the uh, amazing involuntary actions of it that really just blow your mind. So let's look at the, the nervous tissues now. I told you we get into these things a little bit. So this is a whole different area of tissues. This is going to be our last area of tissues, I believe, before we get into this idea of organs. So let's talk about these idea of nervous tissues. When we look at nervous tissue, what it composes is composed of is the brain which sits in your skull. And then there's the spinal cord, which is an extension of the brain. And then the nerves are extensions of the spinal cord, which actually provide the nerves to your fingers and your toes and all of the other internal organs and the surrounding viscera. So the nervous tissue, the brain, brain spinal cords and nerves. And now let's look at some pictures of nervous tissue. What is nervous tissue? It is the main tissue of our nervous system, and it monitors and it regulates the functions of our body. Remember that um, autonomic control that the pacemaker does? That's a form of nervous tissue. Nervous tissue consists of two cells, 
nerve cells are neurons and glial cells, which are the, the supporting cells that help transmit nerve impulses and also provide nutrition or nutrients to the neurons. The brain, the spinal cord and the nerves are composed of this nervous tissue and they are specialized for being stimulated to transmit stimulus from one part of the body to another. And this occurs really rapidly. An impulse can go from your brain to the tip of your toes in an instant. I kind of think about them as electrical um, charges being able to pass on information almost like um, almost like circuits. Boom, 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 boom. They just keep on moving. It's really cool how that works. So these nervous tissues are really everywhere. And so we talk about these things. It gets really fascinating uh, when you talk about the purposes of the tissues, which are, again, made up of cells. So what uh, type of cells would nervous tissue be made out of? Nerve cells. Nerve cells. There you go. Right. So what type of uh, uh, cells would muscle cells be made of? Muscle cells. And the cells make the different tissues, right? So it's it's crazy to think about how this complicates things, but nonetheless, it actually makes pretty good sense. So let's go ahead and continue with our discussion on this idea of nervous tissue. When we talk about some different structures, now this looks like something you might see swimming in the ocean. Well, the big blue thing that you see there, that's actually the cell body. And the cell body here is similar to other types of cells. It has a nucleus. You see that yellow thing there, and that's going to contain the genetic material. From the cell body, the dendrites are what brings in information to the cell body. The cell then interprets that information, and it's going to send it out through the axon. The axon is that long string there that goes to what's called the axon terminal. And that axon terminal, it might be releasing things like neurotransmitters into that synapse so it can connect with another cell. Um, it does a multitude of things. You can also see that the axon is covered by very special cells called Schwann cells. Those Schwann cells make up the myelin sheath. And if that myelin sheath becomes degenerative, then we have more neurological problems with the nervous system. One of the examples is MS, multiple sclerosis, where that myelin sheath actually breaks down. So therefore, the impulses that are transmitted from the cell body through the axon to the next cell do not transmit appropriately. And certainly when people suffer from multiple sclerosis, they're going to be in a lot of unique type of unexplainable pain, and it tends to get worse and worse and worse. So... Obviously, we want to prevent breakdown of the myelin sheath, and the best way to do that is to take care of ourselves through all lifestyle factors we've talked to you about from the beginning of time. Now, when we talk about the structure, let's go ahead and go to the, the locations where these nervous tissues are found, and these things are really are all over our body. So here's a great diagram to show you where they're found. You see there is the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system, and they go through the entire body. And in the lungs, there's the parasympathetic, and it's balanced by the sympathetic system. So each organ is balanced, parasympathetic to sympathetic. And, you know, it's a good time to think about um, all this and let your sympathetic and parasympathetic rest a bit. While we take this quick break, and we'll be just right back. This is absolutely not protein powder. This is Kingdom Fuel. 
our complete nutritional shake mix. Kingdom Fuel provides a full spectrum of vitamins, minerals, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats to fuel your body, your life, so that you can enjoy health and peace of mind. Hi friends, Dr. Michelle Sherwood here. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood. Many people know about our clinic, but we also have a desire to help people who can't personally visit us, but still want to take steps towards better health. Our two-week health reset is a great first step and requires no video appointments or tests. With our health reset, you will get 28 detox shakes to provide the ideal nutritional foundation, 28 supplement packs with key nutrients, and access to daily videos where we encourage you along the two-week process. Our health reset plan is usually $180. Now, it's just $169 with your promo code. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use promo code HOPEHEALTH to receive this exclusive offer. Take a simple step and let us guide you on the road to feel better. And we are back. We're talking about how to build a human. We're talking about our um, series called the Life Series. And we're further talking about these idea of nervous tissues. And we were just talking about these things that were called um, these nerve cells and the way they look and the way they were shaped and the way they send signals. And we're going to get into where they're found in the body, these nerve tissues. And, and they're, they're really found everywhere. I think you just left off about this a moment ago. And so we'll get right we'll back, back to, to that, that uh, idea. That was a really good picture, I think, that we saw there. And I think that you'll see that nerve tissues are literally everywhere. Check this out. So we talk about sympathetic and parasympathetic. The sympathetic is the fight or flight. The parasympathetic is deemed or considered to be the rest and relax component of the nervous system. So now this component of the nervous system is autonomic, meaning that it happens without necessarily your conscious control. And you can see there how with the autonomics, it's going to inhibit salivation, it's going to relax the airways, it's going to increase heart rate, it's going to inhibit the activity of the stomach, it's going to inhibit the activity of the intestines, etc. and otherwise. And the exact opposite is true of the parasympathetic nervous system, where it stimulates saliva and it constricts the airways and it slows the heartbeat and it stimulates digestion and absorption in the stomach and the small intestines. You know, it's interesting, you know, most people live right over there in that sympathetic side. They're all over there. And that, of course, when you're living too stressed out, you, you can't relax. That's a that's a major problem. So just know that a lot of people are living in that area a lot of times and kind of trying to figure out why they're having so many problems. But I just want to point out a couple of things right there. Look at the activity of the intestines, right? Which one inhibits and which one stimulates? Inhibition is caused by sympathetic, which is fight or flight. Which means when you inhibit something, you stop it from functioning. And rest and relax stimulates the activity of the intestines. All right. So let's look right above this. And you see in the, the uh, sympathetic side, we see a stimulatory release of glucose, right? Glucose and it inhibits gallbladder. Why would that be important? Well, if you are running a lion, a tiger, or a bear, you want your liver to release 
glycogen to make glucose so you have the energy to get away quickly. And then you see over here the inhibition of the activity of the stomach. Thank so, poor digestion. And we take proton inhibitors and all kinds of antacids when our stomach it feels like it is upset. Perhaps we're just simply too stressed out. That's fascinating because you think about this and you also see right up here. I think this is a, a no-brainer. You see in the sympathetic side an increase in heart rate and you see a slower heartbeat in the parasympathetic. Could that have something to do with blood pressure? How about high tension, hypertension, mm -hmm. rapid heart rate, increased heart rate, constriction of the blood vessels long-term equals chronic high tension or hypertension. And as we say in, in, the, in the office or in the clinic, that's high blood pressure. It is, no question. So we talk about these nerve tissue locations, everyone. Now, let's talk for a moment what they do as far as their function. So check all these different functions out. Kind of mirrors that, but I want you to see a more um, microscopic view here. Yes. So again, the nervous tissue makes up the central nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system, the CNS and the PNS. It contains two different distinct types of cells, as we talked about before, the neurons and the supportive cells or the glial cells. It consists of the dendrites, remember the things that come into the cell, the cell body and the axons, the sending the signals out through the cell, through the axon to the next cell or where it's communicating to. The neurons secrete chemical neurotransmitters, which are responsible for stimulating other neurons as a result of a stimulus. So the presence of specialization at axon terminals, that's actually called the synapse. So that's actually what it occurs when the axon connects with the dendrite of another cell. So there you go, lots of different functions of the nervous cells. And so just know that um, these things are really all over our body. A lot of these things that we don't think about are acting all the time on our behalf. The types of nerves we have, now this is crazy to think about, there's different types. Well, one type is a motor neuron or motor nerves. Now, motor neurons or motor nerves are responsible to send signals or impulses all the way from the spinal cord and the brain to all the muscles of the body. The impulse enables us to carry out basic activities such as walking, talking, drinking, blinking, sitting, or sleeping. And damage to these motor neurons can cause complete muscle weakness or shrinking of the muscles. The nerves that pass away from the lower back into the, the glutes or the buttocks is known as the sciatic nerve. And a lot of us can relate to that sciatic nerve pain. Now the sciatic nerve enables the complete leg to move, which is a collection of various nerves. And a few of these motor nerves function in the hamstrings and the feet as well. There's also sensory nerves. The sensory nerves or neurons are responsible to generate impulses or signals in contrasting directions from another type of nerve known as the motor nerves. So that's kind of what, what uh, helps your skin feel sensation, if you will. And we just finished talking about the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Parasympathetic is considered rest or relax. And these two need to be in balance or the system becomes dysfunctional. There's also cranial nerves. There are 12 pairs of cranial nerves that are in your brain and emerge from the lower side of the brain. And they help you smell, they help you see, they help your face make uh, expressions, if you will. And they even help you taste. 
and it, it goes to uh, the motor movement of your toe. So the cranial nerves are very important in a lot of the functions of the head, neck, and face. So these nerves are really everywhere that make things move beyond anything that we think about. That's the crazy thing about it. And so when you think about all these different tissues, the way they're making uh, the, the organs do what they do, it's pretty fascinating, isn't it? So, you know, we've talked a lot about a whole bunch of different tissues. And so we think about what's after tissues. What do tissues make again? Tissues make organs. Tissues make organs. And so it's, it's time we get into this idea of organs. And when you think about the organs, I mean, this is where it gets crazy. There are multiple organs and we're going to at least cover these over the next several weeks with some degree of detail, you know, and so most people are kind of familiar with organs. I think we've got to this point where a lot of people are not familiar with the cell. They're not familiar with the functionality of the cell. They're not familiar with the organelles within the cytoplasm. They're certainly not familiar with the different uh, proteins and tissues they form, like we've talked about. But most people have a concept of what these organs are. So there's going to be terms here that you've, you've all heard of. You can kind of look around the horn there, as you see, and you can see some very familiar terms. I think it's going to be um, hard to find something on there you haven't heard of, right? Well, yeah. I would venture to say we've all had an experience with the majority of organs that we breathe, we eat and digest. You know, some of us have had stomach pain or we've overeaten. Uh, if you're past 20 years old, I'm sure you've had a little bout of stomach upset, maldigestion, indigestion, or even loose stools. Well, when you think about the organs, um, we, we kind of get it because you'll you'll go to the doctor and, and you'll get told or informed, and it may be true that something is wrong with a, an organ, the organ's not functioning right. But now that you have the background of the cells and the tissues and all this, you would understand the different functionality of the, the uh, formations of the organs, which could create dysfunction. So the, the dysfunction might be the cell level. It very well could be you, you see it. a cell inside the nucleus where the genetic material lies. Sometimes that genetic material is not um, adequate enough to make certain enzymes to allow for cellular function. So it can make a whole organ uh, a little bit shy on certain functions. It's interesting. I was looking at a study recently that had, and we'll talk about this upcoming in our, our future show called Furthermore. They were talking about long haul COVID. And they, they actually said, believe it or not, in the study, they said, hey, we have found this really remarkable um, commonality of people that have long-haul COVID. They have mitochondrial dysfunction. Ding, 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 ding. And I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, that sounds good, but what created mitochondrial dysfunction? Lack of nutrients. That's it. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cellular member. So if the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell and the cell is the powerhouse of manufacturing tissues, the tissues make organs, it goes back to cellular health again. And so we cannot say um, something that, for example, that COVID creates mitochondrial dysfunction. That's a silly thing. It, it may be true. Yeah, it may be true as far as associative. It may be true as far as some piece of causality because it started in sort of a a ball rolling downhill, but it is not really a case of this does that does that because the body's not that stupid. It's not that it's more complex than that. it has ability to overcome. And remember the body has things that we have to have in order to function right. So when you think about this idea of all these organs and we're going to get into this, the next time we get back with you, it's, it's a lot of information. And we'll start with, of course, the brain. No, just start with the brain, right? So speaking of brains, she's got more brains than I've got. And oh, so collectively, collectively, we've got good brains. 
We co-brain. <laughs> Co-CEOs and co-brain. You got to like that. So uh, we appreciate you being with us here on Hope and Health. We really hope that this gives you a handle on how to have your best health. And remember, we want you to have um, all of that. That's what we want to take you further and do more. Hence the name of our next show that we're going to rebrand it. So we'll continue our discussion on our um, little life series uh, on and on. So stay tuned for where you can view the rest of this platform. And uh, we can't wait to see you next time. We can't wait. Bye for now. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.